Hey, good morning, VCDC. Uh, we are recording the talk today from room nine of our kids' wing. I don't know if you knew this, but every one of our kids' rooms has a cool mural. Uh, room nine has this space mural, one of my favorites, so I thought it'd be fun to film here today. Uh, as Vicki was saying, I too want to say Happy Mother's Day to all our moms, grandmas, great grandmas. We're so thankful for each one of you, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful day today. Uh, this weekend I am wrapping up our Season of Rest series, and I hope in this crazy time that we're in that you have found rest. We've looked at rest in wonder, rest in peace. Last weekend, Andrew did a great job looking at rest in promise, and, and, and a lot of what he said was, an encouragement to rest, of course, in, in all of God's promises, but specifically he focused in on one very important promise that Jesus had made. And it comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is what Jesus said to his followers. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, I want you to stop for a second and imagine what it would have been like to be on the receiving ends of those words Jesus just said. Uh, I, you know, stop for a second and think about who was hearing those words. We're talking his disciples and the other followers of Jesus. These are Jewish people who from when, you know, as far back as they can remember, they have been taught the stories of the Old Testament. And they are very familiar with the stories where, you know, when the Spirit of God would come on to different people, that uh, they would do crazy things. Stories like Gideon. You know, Gideon was this, really this fearful nobody. And, and the Spirit of God comes on him. And suddenly he is a brave warrior. He's a great leader. And he leads Israel in victory over their enemies or uh, Samson. Lots of stories about Samson. Uh, when the Holy Spirit would come on him, he would almost literally turn into the Hulk. And there's a story where he kills a thousand of Israel's enemies with the jawbone of a donkey. Story after story of the Spirit of God falling on, on people. And now Jesus is saying to his followers, hey, in a few days, the Spirit of God, that same Spirit, is going to fall on you. And I can just imagine them hearing this thinking, us? The Spirit of God is going to come on us? Like, like how is that going to happen? And how are we going to know what's happening? And what can we expect after that happens? And it says in the story in, in Acts 1 and into Acts 2 that they continued to gather together. Uh, really like what we're doing uh, right now today. They, they, they gathered, they were waiting, they were praying, and then boom, suddenly the Spirit of God falls on His people. The church is born, and this is important, and now the relationship between God and His people will never be the same. So today as we're wrapping up this series, I'm talking about rest in power, and, and, and really the goal of my talk is this. It's to remind us of the incredible rest that can be found uh, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So today's talk, I think it's going to be a little different. Uh, what I mean is this, we're going to be reading the story of when the disciples first met the Holy Spirit. And I really felt like the Lord nudged me. And, and so what I want to do is I then want to share my story of how I first met uh, the Holy Spirit. And I'm on purposely, uh, I'm using the word met because I really want to emphasize today that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
The Holy Spirit, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not this impersonal, you know, source of heavenly power, sort of like, you know, like kind of like the force. Use the force, Luke. I mean, I think sometimes we unknowingly uh, treat the Holy Spirit like the force, like he is some, you know, impersonal power source that we just need to figure out how to harness, how to control and then use as we choose. But that is so not accurate. The Holy Spirit is a person, and we need to relate to him that way. I remember uh, back in the 90s, way back in the 90s, I think we had electricity, but uh, there was a really popular song in the vineyard called Let the Wind Blow, and I loved that song. And, and really, it was a prayer for the, the wind of the Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to blow on us, to fall on us, to empower us, to change us. Really, to you know, come Holy Spirit, blow on us, do whatever it is you want uh, to do. And one of the lines from that song that has always stuck with me is this. We seek your face and not your hand. Meaning, Holy Spirit, we want you more than we want all the cool things that you do. Or, Holy Spirit, we want a relationship with you more than experience of you. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's someone that we can know. Jesus said this in John 14 when he was pointing ahead to the Spirit coming. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Wherever you are today, if you're listening to this, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the desire of the Holy Spirit in you is that you would know him, that you would know his constant presence with you, that you would know his comforting love, that you would know his guiding voice, his wise counsel, that you would know uh, his, his invigorating kingdom confidence boosting power in your life. Uh, but my hunch in hearing that for many of us is you're like, yeah, amen, yes, I want that too. But oh, how I struggle to find that. And, and my prayer today as we, as, as, we, as we go through this talk is that, is that the Holy Spirit would come close to you. Wherever we're gathered today, the Holy Spirit would come close, that he would find us. And in finding us, that we would all come to know him more because of that. So let's start by reading uh, the text out of Acts chapter 2. And again, we aren't going to break it down. We're not going to spend a lot of time in this text. I really, I want to read it to set context, but then I'm going to share a story with you. So here's what it says. Acts chapter 2, 1 to 13 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt 
in the parts of Libya near Cyrene, just north of Sunbury. If you're listening, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, Pah, they have had too much wine. They are drunk. And, and I want to jump off those last two verses as I now move into my own story of how I met the Holy Spirit. Because those last two verses uh, uh, really do capture uh, my first uh, reaction to the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me read them again. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. I want to just point out real quick, notice the different reactions, different responses to the activity of the Holy Spirit. For some people, it's like there's this curiosity, like they're drawn towards it, like what does that mean? What is going on? And some people, really, it's more like mockery to make fun of it and just like, Look at what they're doing. Are these guys drunk? And again, I can so relate to that. I was raised uh, in the church, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, as I look back on my childhood and well into my teen years, you know, God is three persons in one. He's one God, but he reveals himself, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And I would say growing up that I was way more aware of God the Father and of, of, and of, and of God the Son, of Jesus, but, but I really don't remember much about the Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the one memory I have about the Holy Spirit as a kid was they referred to him as the Holy Ghost. And I just remember as a kid thinking, uh, no thanks, I do not want to meet the Holy Ghost. And, and, and many years passed where I would say through my, my teen years that I was mostly oblivious to the Holy Spirit. Then, you know, jump ahead. When I was 18, uh, with a dear friend, I was traveling uh, in New Zealand. And I was staying with a family in this, in this town. And, and while I was there, I went to this, this big Pentecostal church, awesome church. A church that looking back, knowing what I know now, was very alive with the activity of the Holy Spirit. It was very, um, very uh, powerful and intimate worship. There was lots of laying hands on people, praying for people. This is all so new to me. Praying for people to be healed, uh, casting out demons. There was, uh, it was very common for people to give words of prophecy. It was normal for, uh, for people on the stage or in the congregation to be speaking in tongues, to be singing in tongues. And let me just say tongues. I know that that's one of the gifts of the Spirit that many of us are we, we don't really understand it, and maybe we're uncomfortable with it, but I want to say that it, it, it is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that was very common in this church. And looking back when I went to this church, I had both the reactions I talked about earlier. I looked at all that was going on, and something inside me was so drawn to it. It was like, I was so curious, like, what is this? And at the same time, there's a part of me looked around the room, and I thought, cuckoo, this is, this is crazy. But thankfully, uh, curiosity won out, I remember one night I got brave enough to go forward for prayer. Again, that's pretty normal to us here in the vineyard, but that was so new to me. Uh, I, I realized, looking back, I was hungry. I saw something that I was aware I didn't understand, I didn't have, and I was hungry for that. And, and so I stepped forward, and as I stepped forward in front of, uh, up front of the church, I quickly realized that I was the only person that had gone forward for prayer. And uh, I got nervous, and I debated, like, how can I get back to my seat real quick? But uh, I, I was caught by two pastors who, who surrounded me up front, and one of them had a, a microphone. And so he said into the microphone, hey, brother, what is it you want from the Lord? And he put the microphone up to my mouth, and I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And so what I said was what a good Christian answer is I said, well, I just want whatever the Lord has for me. That sounded like a good answer. And he said, no, what do you want? And what popped into my mind was, you know, maybe the, the, the key to unlocking what all these other people seem to be experiencing, maybe it's this thing called tongues. And so I said, uh, I, I want to speak in tongues. And they're like, all right. So they started to pray for me. One of the pastors was in front. One was in, uh, behind me. And as they were praying, the pastor in front of me, he put his hand on my head and he started to push me backwards. And I can remember sort of being in this position thinking, again, I'm 18 years old and I'm thinking, okay, I've seen on television, you know, televangelists that smack people in the head and they crash down on their back. And I'm like, if God wants to knock me on my back, well, well he can do it. I don't, I don't need this guy to do it. So I sort of pushed back and, you know, straightened up. And then after praying for a bit, the guy with the microphone says, now speak in tongues. And he puts the microphone up to my mouth and I'm like, speak in tongues and so all I said was every sort of Christian phrase or bumper sticker I could think of like hallelujah praise the Lord uh, uh, one day at a time easy does it it's Friday but Sundays are coming uh, I've found it I mean no joke I literally was saying all these little phrases and he said no not in English speak in tongues and then he spoke in tongues and I'm not making fun of tongues but he basically went booty baba and he put the mic in front of my mouth and I just mimicked him and I said booty baba and no exaggeration, people behind me started cheering. And the two pastors walked away, and I stood there, and I thought, what was that? Like, what was that? Like, that's it? That's it? And I felt so embarrassed, so confused, and really uh, rejected by God. And a few days later, I, I moved on from that town, and uh, I was hitchhiking around, and a friend had given me a name and an address, a place where I could get a free meal and a place to stay. And I went there, and it just so happened that that night they were having a small group meeting, small groups, a small group meeting at their home. And uh, I was the new guy, and so they asked me lots of questions, and I, I ended up sharing with them the story I just told you. And I said, oh, I was so embarrassed and it was so confusing and I don't know, and I, you know, is God rejecting me? What have I done wrong? And the leader of the group was this older man, just a sweet, sweet man. And he said, hey, could we pray for you right now? I remember thinking, well, <laughs> I was humiliated in front of hundreds. A few more uh, probably won't hurt. So I stood up and it was very typical of what we're used to in the vineyard. There was no hype. And, and you know what, I honestly don't remember what was prayed but I do remember at one point suddenly it just everything else disappeared and it got real quiet and I just remember seeing in my mind's eye these massive doors like big thick doors just just opened up into this realm that I didn't even know existed and just like in Acts 2 the Spirit of God just fell on me and it was like this warm liquid just went rushing through my body and nobody had to say, now do this. Because suddenly, uh, without even thinking about it, my hands shot up and I started yelling in a language that I, I didn't even know what I was saying at first. And, and again, when you look at tongues, tongues can be an earthly language, like what we see in Acts 2. Tongues can be a, what we call a heavenly language, a language we don't know. And, and, and here's, what, here's what I knew in that moment. So confusing. And so wonderful. But here's what I knew. I knew that I was loved. <laughs> I knew that I was accepted just the way I was by my father. 
I knew I was a son. I knew that I was a prince in the presence of my king. And I knew that somehow what I was saying, what I was unashamedly shouting at the top of my lungs in the living room of these people I didn't even know was praises to him. Now, whew, I look back on that and it stirs a lot because my life has never been the same since that day. I mean, that was quite an introduction to the Holy Spirit. And, and let me say this about stories about encountering the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's loud and crazy like that, and sometimes it's quiet and it's gentle, but it is still the Holy Spirit that is at work, that is revealing himself to you. And I wish I could say after that day, which, yeah, that day did change my life because I met the Holy Spirit, but I wish I could say after that day that since then, it has been, I've just been skipping from mountaintop to mountaintop. It's been lollipops and rainbows ever since. That is so not true. In fact, uh, <coughs> there have been hard times, really hard times of doubt, of fear, of anxiety. There have been long seasons of feeling really lost and, and really alone, but here's what I can, can say that has been true since that day. Holy Spirit has totally lived up to what Jesus promised about him. He truly is a power that we can rest in. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be our guide, our counselor. He would be our advocate. He would be our comforter, that he would remind us of what Jesus said, the truth. He would remind us that we have been adopted into God's family. We're his sons. We're his daughters. Uh, he said that the Holy Spirit would grow his fruit in us, that he would change us from the inside out. Uh, that the Holy Spirit would empower us to be witnesses, to be bold, just like what we saw in Acts 2, that to empower us to do things that are way beyond our abilities, to empower us to do things that, you know, that, that give us the strength to step out of our comfort zones into whatever God's inviting us into. I can say that he has done all of that, and really, and so much more. And I know many of you would agree with me, maybe not in the time that I wish he would, or in the way that I wish he would, but the Spirit of God has been faithful. I have rested in him. Uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, and I'm going to end off with an application. Uh, while I was working on this talk, I'm sitting at my desk, I get an email, or uh, I get a text from one of our small group leaders, from Jim Doyle. And Jim, he sent me a scripture and he said, hey, I'm not sure if this is me uh, uh, or, or if this is the Lord, but here goes. And this is the scripture he sent me. Hebrews 12, 26, 27. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. As I end off this talk, here's what I want to share with you, that... During this global pandemic, God is doing lots of things. But one of the things that he's doing is a refining, shaking work in the hearts of his people. And what he wants to do is he wants to remove from your life, from my life, any foundation, anything that I'm building on, anything that I'm building my life on, anything that I'm standing on that is not of God. He wants to, he wants to shake out of our lives the shakable things like like you know like what's being shaken up in your life right now it's you know uh, the foundation of money the foundation of our careers the foundation of of our plans the foundation of a sense of control the foundation of confidence in our government confidence in experts 
confidence in the system. All those things are being shaken in, in this season that we're in. And church, VCDC, I don't want us to miss this opportunity for a, a refining, realigning, shaking work that God is doing. Because God wants, for, what he wants for you and what he wants for me is that our lives would be built on nothing and no one but Jesus. Like, I was thinking this morning, I was out for a walk, and I thought, if, you know, if the fruit of this season, however long this season is, in, in the, if the fruit of this shaking season is that you and I would turn away from weak, shakable foundations in our lives, and that we would turn away from them, and that we would, we would start building our lives more on the unshakable one, well, isn't that the best thing that could happen? I mean, isn't that a good thing that could happen in our church and in our lives? You know, in Acts, two, in Acts chapter 2, the church was born. And as I look at that story, all they had was the Holy Spirit and each other. Think about that. No building, uh, uh, no sound system, no chairs, no Wi-Fi, no coffee. And yet in one moment, as the story continues in Acts 2, in one moment, 3,000 people said yes to Jesus. 3,000 people joined this family. How was that possible? That great harvest was made possible by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through his people. Listen to this quote. Ordinary people were able to do extraordinary things because the Spirit of God was at work in and through their lives. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is not a luxury. It is an absolute necessity. Could it be, church, in this season that God is wanting to teach us more of how to be the church instead of just how to go to the church? Matthew 13, here's a picture of, here's really a picture of, of, of how he wants us to function as his people. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. I mean, think about that picture. Back in Acts 1, the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I am going to empower my people. I'm going to fill them with the Spirit of God, and they are going to be witnesses. And the plan was that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and beyond Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. But if you're familiar with the story, you know that it literally took persecution to force God's people out of Jerusalem beyond its walls and into all the earth. Could it be that God is using this pandemic to to take us beyond the walls of our church building and into the ends of the earth of where you and I live? Could it be, VCDC, that God is taking the yeast out of the church cupboard and pouring it through you and me into the dough of our homes, our neighborhoods, our places of work, our communities? Could it be? Uh, why don't we stand? Did anyone stand? Let me know if you did. Hey, I just want to take some time now to invite the Holy Spirit. And wherever you're gathered, I know there's lots of distractions and, and just, you know, in your living room, wherever it is. But I would ask kids, uh, from the youngest to the oldest, could you just stop what you're doing right now? And, and I, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to fall, to come close where, uh, wherever we've gathered. So let's pray. You want to open your hands? Let's pray. So Holy Spirit... We ask that you would fall, that you would come close. And Holy Spirit, we seek your face and not your hand. Come, comforter. Come, counselor. 
Come, Spirit of God, and just stir afresh in your people. Just come, Lord. Come, lift us above. Lift us above the storm. Lift us above the dark clouds up into the blue sky. Let us see clearly now because of you, because of your presence, because of your guidance. Just come, Lord. Hmm. And I just bless all the ways right now that you're experiencing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a luxury. The Holy Spirit, he is a necessity. If we're going to be the people, if we're going to be and do what God has called us to be and do, it's only going to happen through him, through a people who know him, who expect him, who depend on him, who respond to him. So, Lord, I bless what you're doing right now. And I, you know, um, here's a thought I have. I was praying this week and I saw a picture. I saw a picture of, of two rooms, and they had labels. One was the newsroom, one was the prayer room. And I want to challenge you. I know, I know there's lots of extreme emotions and opinions out there right now, and I think it's just going to increase. But I think some are incredibly fearful and afraid. I think some are incredibly and anxious. I think some are incredibly angry and frustrated with all that's going on. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me in that picture that to challenge us to spend more time in the prayer room than we do in the newsroom, than we do in consuming media and consuming you know, news, whatever you listen to, whatever, wherever you go to, that's, that's good. We need to be informed. But I feel like the Lord is saying, but let's spend more time in the prayer room, listening to him, leaning into him. Well, church, uh, I just want to bless you today. Uh, uh, and again, um, thanks for this time. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, enjoy this last worship song. Uh, just stay in that place, in that posture of receiving from the Holy Spirit. Bless you.